But I like to think of marketing as watering a garden because if you don't water a garden, it's going to die, yeah. right? It's not going to grow. And even though you're watering twice a day, every day, it, you know, it feels like you're doing a lot every day and you're not seeing the results until like weeks, months after. It's the same thing sometimes with marketing, right? Like what's beautiful too about entrepreneurship is that it's a bit of like personal development on steroids, right? Yeah. Because you have to learn like every day to be able to grow. Welcome to the Openly Spoken Podcast, where we talk about the real and raw messy middle of business and life transitions. Today, we're sitting down with my friend, Joycelyn Aline. She is a marketing strategist, educator, and founder of The Growth Studio. The Growth Studio aims to empower and help entrepreneurs and small business owners to grow their business with strategic marketing. Joycelyn recently pivoted her business to cater to female entrepreneurs, who are making under 100K a year and are seeking to increase their sales by having a results-based marketing strategy. In this conversation, we talked about keeping calm during the entrepreneurship journey with mindful habits. Joycelyn also shared her unexpected leap into entrepreneurship in 2020. Uh, she also shared a five-step marketing checklist. So get ready to take some notes on how to up-level your mindset, your marketing, and your business. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get into the episode. Thank you for being on the podcast, Joycelyn. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited too to have you here. And um, how many months has it been that we've been like chatting on Instagram? It's been a few I months. Think, yeah, I think it's been almost three like two yeah. to three months since we originally connected. Yeah. Yeah. It's been I'm so inspired. cool to to connect with people. I, I never did that before 2020, like made friends like on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I don't, did I? I don't think I did either. Um, Probably only like back in MSN days for those people who are listening who can remember those days. Like AIM? Yes. Like yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I used to talk to random people on that too. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably the only time, but yes, COVID, COVID really did that to us. Yeah. Yeah. What I think is cool is that like, you can really find people that are like, like-minded because yeah, like, the I... friends you grow up with, they're amazing, but they might not have the same like ambitions and goals, but on the internet, like you could find a group Facebook yeah. group that's like into what you're into so it's amazing yeah for anything especially too I guess when you're an entrepreneur and beginning that journey um because mm -hmm. a lot of friends as you said might not be interested in yeah. business and going into that so it's just it's so easy now I guess to be able to find a tribe for whatever you need to find it yeah yeah exactly did you <laughs> did you always want to be an entrepreneur like is that something you always wanted as a kid um you know I always <laughs> I always knew I wanted to own a business, right? I guess back then I didn't know it was being an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. It was just like, yeah, I'm going to own my own business. And I think um, like when I was younger, it was a lot of different things, right? At first I wanted to be an event planner and just have like my own <laughs> event planning company. Um, and then I realized that means being away from family at the most important dates, like Christmas and New Year's. Uh... And I said, nope, <laughs> that's not for me. And then I wanted to own like an entertainment business which I didn't even know what that meant back then. But I was like, that sounds cool. <laughs> I think I want to do that. 
Um, but I always had this idea, and I know we have talked about this before, and, and we kind of both had the same thought that I needed 10 years of corporate experience mm. before I went on my own because that would make me an expert, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I always had in mind. But well, <laughs> as life would have it, <laughs> I kind of started that before those 10 years of experience. But yes, I guess in all, I always knew that I wanted to own my own business. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that like kind of points to entrepreneurship or owning your own business that you did as a kid? Anything that starting here? Like, for example, when I was a kid, I would my parents would always buy me these um, bracelet making kits or jewelry making kits. And I would make bracelets and sell them for a dollar in school in like elementary <laughs> school. Awesome. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, yes, actually. So do you know those lollipops that have like, the gum on the inside? Yeah, yeah. Over so the top, blow pops, I think. Blow, and I, or I think there's a brand that's like Bomb 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 or something like that, I think it was called. And okay. Red. But anyways, so when I was in, so here in Barbados, we call it secondary school, which is elementary and high school mixed together. Oh, wow. And when I was <laughs> in secondary school, so I was around maybe 13, and I started selling lollipops because I wanted a Blackberry, but when Blackberries were oh. cool... <laughs> I wanted a BlackBerry phone and my mom was like, I'm not buying you a BlackBerry phone because they were expensive back then, you know, kind of like buying yeah. a new iPhone now. Um, so I was like, well, how am I going to get the money to do this? Because I'm in school and I used to see some guys in my school like selling like snacks and candy bars to like younger kids in the school. And I was like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I would go on evenings and like buy like, this huge like wholesale pack of lollipops and then I would sell it at school. And I did that for months. <laughs> I did it for months before I could get the money to buy a Blackberry. Because that would have been, uh, I want to say like near $1,000 Barbados. So like $500 wow. around that I would have needed to get. Um, so that impressive. was like my first. <laughs> thank you. You know, when I look back on it now, I was like, you always had it in you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think anyone who, who like is an entrepreneur feel like if they really looked back to their childhood there's something there's something that they did that points to that yes I agree you just you just always know (laughs) yeah even like having a lemonade stand as a kid I think that counts (laughs) yeah no I do think it counts I that's not very popular here funny enough oh really yeah no it's not it's so Um, hot there though (laughs) I know it is so hot we should have lemonade stands but like you would never go into a neighborhood and see lemonade stands. You'll see like vegetable stands. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, never that. But yeah, you just kind of always know, no matter what it is, you just always know. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> we were also talking about how, before we hit record, how um, COVID really put things into perspective. And I remember in our pre- call that we had before we set this up to sit and record you were telling me how COVID really like started that journey of you being in your business because you had a job you had like a traditional job before COVID and then there were layoffs and stuff Um, do you want to share a little bit about that story for our listeners yeah sure Um, so COVID it COVID hit Barbados I would say March 2020 right that's when that's when we had our first set of cases so from then um 
you know, everyone was kind of like, oh, what's going to happen like to jobs? But I thought I was pretty secure. I think that's something that I didn't share. Like I didn't think we would have a problem. Mm-hmm. And then maybe a month later, we started going into halftime. So everyone in the company, their hours were cut by 50%. Wow, that's a lot. It is a lot. And I was like, mm, should I be worried? Oh, I'm not going to be worried. <laughs> and then and then May came and pretty much we were the, the full team minus the founders were laid off. Um, and it was a relatively small team. It was about 23 of us, including the founders. Um, so yeah, just like that in two months, um, we were, we were all laid off and, you know, when it first happened, I, I, I never thought that that would be the beginning of me getting here. Right. So obviously I got laid off and then I was on unemployment for a couple of months. And while I was on unemployment, I kind of started freelancing, um, on just small marketing projects with other companies, like nothing huge, but you know, just enough to kind of supplement. And I was fine. You know, I was like, oh, this is going to like, pass, whatever. And then I applied to two jobs. So I applied to this contract based job. Again, I wasn't looking to start my own business, especially not in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And I was like, okay, where, who else is hiring? (laughs) So I applied for a contract-based job with this um, huge governmental agency. And then I applied for a full-time job with uh, a distribution company, obviously not to call names. So, you know, I went through the interview process with both and I got both verbal offers on a Wednesday. So I guess for anybody who's listening, who's still, you know, like just for any contrast altogether, just learn from my mistake and make sure that you always have a written contract before you go forward or turn down something else. Because I was operating just based on people's goodwill. Mm. So I turned down the contract-based opportunity and I decided to go forward with a full-time um, job with a distribution company. And, you know, we were talking that Wednesday night. They were like, yeah, we're going to send you the, um, the offer letter. Like, we're just finalizing a couple of things with HR. They said the same thing to me on Thursday. And then on Friday, I think it was like Friday, maybe like midday or like early morning or early afternoon. I don't remember exactly which, which time it was. Um, I got a call to go into this Zoom call with one of the persons who interviewed me because she was actually based in Florida. Um, So Mm -hmm. it was an international company. And yeah, she pretty much was very apologetic. She was a very sweet lady. I don't blame her, but they pretty much rescinded the offer, right? So I was pissed. (laughs) Like I was (laughs) I was so mad. And I guess you kind of go through all the stages and then you get mad and then you get sad. And I was like, how did I go from having two amazing opportunities on a Wednesday and now on a, fr- and the thing is like that same Wednesday night, I celebrated with my boyfriend, we went to dinner and I was like, employed. like I have this amazing job, like I'm, you know, climbing up the corporate ladder. Yeah. And then on Friday, I, I had nothing. Right. And this was around October. So by this time, May, June, July, August, September. So by this time, I think this was my last month of unemployment because it was mm-hmm. only for six months. So I guess the panic started to set in, right? So I was angry. I was sad. And the thing is, like, I would say that that was, like, if I had to say, if if I had a breaking point in 2020, that was my breaking point. Because mm. you know? I went to such a high, high. Yeah. And then it just... Low right after. Yeah, it just dropped me one time. 
And it took a lot of inner work, which I'm sure you talk yeah. about a lot on your own platforms. Um, and I'm sure you will probably share in future in future episodes as well. But it took a lot of inner work for me to pick myself back up. Mm-hmm. The inner work and is then, everything. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And then eventually be like, you know what? No one else is ever going to be in charge of your financial situation and whether you have a job or not. And, you know, through some conversations with people, you know, they were like, you know, you've been freelancing, like, why don't you just do this full time and see how it goes? Um, so said, so done. I registered the company in December and January 2021, I launched it. And here we are. Nice. Um, yeah. So it's been it's been a journey. <laughs> it's been a journey, as I'm sure you will know from your own experience as well. <laughs> yeah. And with every like failure in quotes, I'm going to put it in quotes, like, for example, having two offers, but not having them in writing and then on Friday having nothing. Every everything like that teaches you something. Yeah. So, Definitely. yeah. So to anyone that's listening, get a <laughs> written contract. <laughs> yes if it's one one thing that you take from this podcast Mm -hmm. episode it's that it's just so so important and I you know and I and I guess like when you're also operating and I'm sure you can relate to this but when you're operating from a good space in your heart you just Mm -hmm. would never think that something like that would happen because yeah Yeah. I know you just have like trust I guess yeah yeah blind and trust. <laughs> yeah and sometimes that trust in a in a like professional setting it doesn't really serve you like it could get you in a situation that you're like oh <laughs> <laughs> why did I trust you <laughs> yeah 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 no it was it was definitely a little bit heartbreaking so and I think too that also inspired me to make sure that I build something that aligns with with who I am and with how I want to treat people you know what I mean so like mm-hmm. I've, I made a decision like from when that happened to me like I will never yeah. ever do something like that to anyone like whenever yeah. I grow my business whenever I elevate and I have to hire people but that's never something that you know mm-hmm. even gonna cross my mind mm-hmm. um, so it's, I guess it's also as you said being able to kind of take those failures to help you as you go um, in your road in your journey yeah And I can totally relate to that, like how when you're working for people, you're kind of like taking mental notes of like, this is what I'm going to do in my business. And this is not Mm -hmm. what I'm going to do because I've always worked for I've never worked for corporate. Mm -hmm. Once I I worked for Lucky Brand, but I was like retail. It was not a big deal. But like any like like office jobs, it was always Mm -hmm. a small mom and pop business. Mm -hmm. So I really got to see the behind the scenes and worked really close with the founders. And I, the whole time I was still like, all right, this is cool. I'm going to do this. This is yeah. not, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> and with yeah. employees too, with how you treat people, I think that's really important. And I always wondered like why people do certain things because I'm like, don't they want to hire someone once and like keep them for a long time? Like, yeah. why would they treat people like this so that they can keep quitting and leaving and yeah, I don't think, I think that there are a lot of people who don't really realize, like, that, like, I think as people get, not not everyone, obviously, but yeah. some people, as their businesses get bigger, I think they forget what it is to be an employee. Mm. Yeah, you they, know? like, lose touch like, with yeah, that, like, realm of reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like, the same way you have to worry about 
all of your bills and all of your payments like that person does too the same way mm. if I have a family emergency that person might have one too that does not let them come into the job you know yeah. on the day you might need them yeah. and people forget that and they get so mad sometimes yeah you know so angry and it's, it's important to um I think as you grow in your in your business to to remember that and to yeah. still be touch with people and and their needs because at the end of the day we're all still humans we're not robots right Mm -hmm. I completely agree with that for me I see it as like you're staying grounded so that you have that that. yeah so that you have that foundation and support not Mm -hmm. only for the people around you even for yourself because if you're this big time successful person and you're overwhelmed and stressed are you really successful (laughs) Yeah, to me, that's not successful. And that's actually what scared me from uh, being an entrepreneur for so long is my example of entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. was people who are like overwhelmed and stressed and like never have time to tend to their health Mm -hmm. and or their like friends or relationships. And really success is like whatever you can make of it, whatever Mm -hmm. you whatever picture that you think is successful to you you get to choose that and you can like create your business around it. There's yeah. no like right or wrong way. I love that. And and just, sorry, I'm like switching roles a little bit, but I would love to also just hear what success means to you and for, you know, for everybody to kind of yeah. get an idea of what that Yeah, means. we should both share. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. To me, success means like having that space to balance working and, and everything else in life. Like mm-hmm. I'm not a mom yet, but like, I really know I want to have kids. And mm-hmm. um, my mom was always home because she was an entrepreneur, but she was, um, she was busy a lot. So it wasn't <laughs> like she was always home with us and we we're always together for me. Like I have this wild dream of like, I want to be home and present with my kids for their first three years of life, <laughs> which awesome. I don't know any job that would give you three <laughs> years of maternity leave. <laughs> nope, no job. <laughs> So to me, that is success to like have the space for balance and to also be able to mother my children, because I think those early years are so, so important. Like Mm -hmm. I've done so much reading on like child psychology and I almost studied that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a part of like a lot of the things going on in the world, I think would be healed if we could all, because we all have mothers and if we could all support mothering a little bit better especially in the early years of life I think that would really change the world yeah no that's powerful because I I mean I agree and I think like childhood trauma is becoming such a buzzword you know which is a very real thing um and I agree like more present time with kids would definitely Mm -hmm. be able to solve that I love that yeah and with entrepreneurship too like childhood trauma anything that's unresolved it's gonna show up yeah right up <laughs> yeah like when like you don't want it to mm-hmm. show up too. like we met in boss babe and I remember yeah. in one of the boss babe calls we were going over like our fears around selling mm-hmm. I don't know if you were on that call when I think that was like two months ago or something yeah and I think I think I was because that was I think that was early on if I yeah it was yeah, yeah I was on that call mm-hmm. and 
I think Natalie ran it. I don't remember if it was Natalie or Danielle. I think it was Natalie. But I remember she had us close our eyes and think like, all right, feel what you feel in your body when like fear comes up around selling. Mm-hmm. And now try to like look back and think like, where, when did you feel this for the first time? It always mm-hmm. goes back to childhood. And then you realize like, wow, my fear of selling has nothing to do with what's in front of me. It's like this thing that I'm carrying from when I was like three or five or six or seven years old. It's true. It's always something in our past that has made you, that has made us feel some type of way that has Mm -hmm. been so strong that it has just stayed in our body because like feelings stay in our body. As I, as you said, if it's, you know, it's a very real thing. And I kind of agree more with you as it relates to like what success means um and I mean that has changed a lot as well because obviously as you know I come from a very corporate background for the five years that I was working so back then (laughs) success was like making a ton of money you know and like being like best employee of the year (laughs) and you know like all of these like accolades and achievements and I and I think um just because I'm, I'm also very high achieving and competitive in nature. Like when I grew up that, like for me, that was also a way that I, um, I guess received love and, you know, affirmation, you know, so like that for me was always, I need this to be Mm -hmm. successful. Mm -hmm. But as the years have gone, I think for me, as you said, being successful for me is having time, you know, time to spend with my family, time to travel if I want to, you know, time, as you said, to raise kids when I get there um, and just time and freedom that if I don't want to work on a given day, I don't have to, you know, and mm-hmm. I still don't have to like worry about mm-hmm. the fact that money is coming in. Um, yeah. So I think for me, um, success more so means, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still definitely want, you know, the big bucks, you know, <laughs> the big <laughs> like that hasn't changed. Um, but internally, I know that now for me to be successful, I need to find it in a way that I'm not tired at the end of the week, you know, like from a lot of my jobs before I used to be working sometimes like 10, 12 hour days, you know, yeah, in the me too. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's crazy, you know, like I wouldn't have time for myself, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I wouldn't go to the gym because I was just so tired. I wouldn't spend time with friends. I wouldn't spend time with family. Mm-hmm. And I think the blessing that COVID brought to us is that it kind of forced us to spend more time with ourselves and with family if it is that we live with them. Yeah. And it just made me realize like, yo, you were doing this thing wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. this is what's important. This is what you're gonna think about when you're on your deathbed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but I very much agree with you on like success and what that means to me at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really are blessed that like COVID gave us that perspective like not to say that it was a good thing because I know there's a lot of um, a lot of people suffered through it Mm -hmm. and I lived in New York in the beginning and in March and Mm -hmm. um, at that time like there were people that not that I knew personally but it was like people I knew knew them who had like passed away from COVID so like Mm -hmm. I'm not downplaying it that it wasn't serious but just having that time, like you said, to spend time with yourself. Like for mm-hmm. me, I've always meditated, but my meditation practice was never super strong or regular mm-hmm. until COVID happened because I was like, right. all right, I need to like 
calm myself because I was freaking yeah. out. <laughs> and find a way to have peace because like we were at a point where we couldn't go out anywhere. Yeah. You know, and yeah. like that creates fear and panic. And you know, sometimes there's some people who would rather not be home because they might have some other things, you know, mm-hmm. um, that is in their home. And and while obviously they don't want us to overlook that, you know, and just the mm-hmm. fact that you know stuff like violence in homes and stuff also went up um, oh, yeah I forgot about that yeah I remember like during about COVID, that. yeah you know so like obviously not downplaying that but for you know I guess those of us who are in a more of a blessed capacity mm-hmm. you know that we are in a relatively safe environment and it might just be our inner demons that are out there instead yeah. of demons scanning us um yeah it really meditation for me also really helped me um during COVID because as you said if you weren't freaking out about catching COVID when you go to the supermarket you're yeah. freaking out about it, right about someone that you know um actually getting it or like not knowing when it's going to come to an end at that time we didn't have like vaccines or like any type of we didn't know what was going to happen we were just living yeah um, we had no idea when quarantine would end <laughs> no idea um, we couldn't go out to eat and there was like nothing for us to do that we were so used to doing mm-hmm. um, so I agree yeah meditation um, or any of those type of practices praying but for me and I guess for me and you meditation was like our lifesaver yeah really was I'm really grateful to have that tool agreed <laughs> <laughs> definitely agreed because I, I still do you meditate every morning or do you is that like a night practice for you how do you do it I do morning and then sometimes I do night. I actually have an alarm on my phone that goes off every night. I don't always listen to it, but <laughs> because I have the alarm there, I'm like, one day it's going <laughs> to, I'll yes. listen to it eventually every day. <laughs> yes, agreed, agreed. Um, yeah, I do the same too. I do it every morning. Um, that's what I try to do to make sure that I start my day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really only takes five minutes, like even on yep. busy mornings. And it really, yep. it's, it's incredible what a difference five minutes can make. It really is. And like the more you practice it too, like, you know, obviously the better, like, because there's some people who've never done meditation and they're like, mm-hmm. I sit down and like, I just think about everything that I have to do. But mm-hmm. like the more you do it, you know, the more you're really able to listen to your gut and yeah. be intuitive, you know, if something is actually what you want to do mm-hmm. um, or just quiet your mind for a bit. Sometimes that's really all we need, especially when we're going through stressful situations in our businesses yeah yeah it's a great tool to navigate you through busyness yes of life my it mindfulness is. practice definitely helped me when um like I shared I lived in New York in the beginning mm-hmm. of the pandemic I moved there in 2018 mm-hmm. and I moved there from Connecticut and oh, I don't know oh. if you know but like Connecticut there's just like there's more trees than there are people it's nothing going yeah, on and then you're just different. like yeah and then you're just like in New York and it's like you gotta hustle to pay for stuff because it's expensive and having yoga to anchor me then I was meditating then but it it didn't get super strong until COVID hit Mm -hmm. but having yoga every morning really helped me just navigate through that Mm -hmm. it's like relaxing my body (laughs) do you use any other tools besides meditation for your entrepreneur life (laughs) (laughs) yeah um for me I guess I guess journaling is probably the next thing that I would say Mm -hmm. um so I normally try to journal right after I meditate right in my journaling I have I put a daily affirmation so every day I have a daily affirmation 
Um, I also do gratitude. So I write down okay. three things that I'm grateful for. And I also have like a love section um, where I try to put three things that I love about myself. Um, just to kind of give love to myself in that way. And you yeah. know, sometimes we can be so critical about how we're doing things or how we look or anything along those lines. Mm-hmm. So every day I, you know, I, I'm all, even on days that I'm not feeling myself, these I'm frustrated with myself. I'm like, you know what? I love your smile. <laughs> you know? Even if it's something as simple as that, I try to do that every day just so that I'm, I guess, constantly feeding myself love as well. I think yeah, that's so important. Impacted. Yeah. I think that has really impacted my self-esteem throughout the years I've been doing that now. Mm-hmm. Um, just in terms of like, you know, like, yeah, you know what? You are intelligent. You know, you are kind. You have nice. Somebody would say stuff like, "I love your nails." <laughs> you know, <laughs> like little things like that, and just learning to appreciate like the small things. You know, what? even the things that sometimes um, you would have thought weren't as attractive, right? Like, you know, yeah. I love your acne scars, even mm-hmm. if you know, oh, I you know, that. I try to just really pour into myself. So I would say that those two combined. And then what I normally do as my third thing is I would listen to one song. Um, so it kind of depends on like, the mood I'm in. Sometimes I just listen to something like inspirational. Sometimes if it is, I need like an extra pump, I will listen to like one of my favorite um, like soca or Afrobeat songs so that I can like dance it out mm-hmm. as well. Um, so I try to do that like every morning and it nice. really does have a big shift no matter what's happening that always helps to boost my mood and whenever on the days that I don't do it I feel it <sighs> like I start the day and I'm snappy or I'm frustrated and I have to be like whoa you can't miss these days <laughs> you know yeah. I don't know if you experience that too like when I read yeah. morning practices mm-hmm. when I yeah. when I meditate I f- I notice that I get more things done in less time because I'm yeah. more focused and I don't get distracted Mm-hmm. So I remember noticing, I noticed that maybe like two or three years ago. And I'm like, I really need to meditate more. <laughs> it's so true. It helps you to go through life with ease. Yeah. Yeah. I really love what you shared about uh, journaling on, I'm going to call it like self-compassion. Mm-hmm. I think that's so powerful. I want to try that. Yeah, no, try it. Let me know how you think, like, what, like how yeah. it feels for you and what you think about it. I think like at first it was a little weird for like when I was doing it because I was like oh like is this like conceited <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> for me to like yeah. write down three things that I love about myself every day um because obviously when you're practicing gratitude it doesn't have to be about you like sometimes it's yeah. about someone that stopped and let you out in the middle of the road you know or the fact that the rain is falling today and it was very hot or whatever the case is but with the compassion you know or like self-love part in it it really just kind of helps to remind you to also give yourself grace with things you know mm-hmm. so yeah I 10 out of 10 highly recommend <laughs> I think that's also very important as women because like I feel like society doesn't give us that space to like love ourselves it's always judgment yeah and um any relationship you're going to have out in the world, whether it's like your relationship to your business, to your clients, to your friends, to your loved ones, it all starts with the relationship you have with yourself. So I really, really love that. I'm, I want to try that because in pouring love into yourself, then you have more love to give. Yep. Yep. I agree. And you can't pour from an empty cup, right? Like yeah. We're here 
over and over again but it's just such a true fact yeah like you just have to repeat it because like sometimes people forget like if you are not loving yourself and who you are and just spending time with you you're not going to be able to love and have like a fruitful relationship and I'm sure like you being someone who's engaged like you of course will be able to speak and attest to that yeah <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> I love my fiance I've known him since I was 13 <laughs> oh so you're like high school sweethearts yeah but we didn't we didn't date though until we were okay. 30 <laughs> oh, that's nice. we were just friends for like years and years and then life happened yeah that's awesome that's sweet I love that <laughs> I love how like this conversation so for anyone listening I do prepare <laughs> questions ahead of time but like we leave space for it to just flow and like <laughs> we're totally just flowing at this point yeah we've um, definitely drifted <laughs> yeah we've drifted but there are some questions I do want to ask just for um for the audience to know like I have one question that I love asking and it is <laughs> if you remember your first discovery call for your business with a yeah. stranger it can't be with someone that you know <laughs> yeah, so funny enough um and when I when I as you said, you know, sometimes you would share the questions with us just so that we're not fully blindsided. When I looked at that question, I said, discovery call, discovery call. And I realized, I didn't realize it before, but what I realized is that I actually didn't start with discovery calls, which I don't know, I guess for me, because when I was jumping into it, I was like, well, I know what I'm talking about. I have at least five years corporate experience in marketing. Like, I know I can help people. Mm-hmm. I guess I kind of came with a bit of confidence as well at first. Mm-hmm. right and I say at first because confidence dips <laughs> when you're <laughs> the entrepreneurial journey that and you get to know that if you haven't fully started yet um but I guess I just came with confidence right away and I didn't do discovery because at first <clears throat> I wasn't doing coaching at first I was just doing consultations project management or I would do like marketing plans for people right as a done service so for my consultation I never do discovery calls and I just started off with a rate off the back. And I remember I launched it. And then the second week after I was in business, I did like a 20% off. Um, and I launched that. And I got a booking that same night. Nice. Um, from someone that I didn't know. Like I knew her business. She was located in Barbados. And she's a hairstylist. And I knew her business. And but I never interacted with her. I've never gone to her as a client. I never, I didn't even follow her, nothing like that. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> like I have someone who actually bugs me and it's not like my friend, you know, nice. but I have like friends who like bug me to support or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I was just so excited, you know, I was very, very excited. And I think it gave me like a little bit of confidence too. And I was like, whoa, she doesn't know me. She's never met me. Like she doesn't know if I'm just talking crap, you know, but like, <laughs> like she had the faith to like book um so that's how my first I guess consultation went um obviously like before I like over prepared for it because you know it was my first yeah. official one and I wanted to like it to be perfect um and and it, and it went well you know she she did apply some of the stuff that I would have shared with her uh, and I mean it was my first one so like if I look back at like myself and how I did that like it's I kind of cringe a little because I'm like girl like what were you doing <laughs> you know <laughs> um but in the moment um honestly it went it went very well I 
um, I kind of did a format for the consultation and I kind of, again, I over-prepared. I had like a Google doc pretty much with everything I wanted to say um, with a space for like when I asked her questions. Um, so it ran very smoothly. And I actually think I went over the hour because back then, you know, when you're first starting out, you kind of don't really know how to set boundaries with clients. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. you know, like, we're kind of coming up on the hour. So I just let it go until I ended. I think it was maybe like 90 minutes or a bit yeah. more. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because now I'm like, no, we're not doing that anymore. Like, we have to respect our time, you know? Yeah. Um, or like, I have a call right after this. <laughs> You know, like something, or even like when it's like 15 minutes up, like, hey, so like, you know, since we're coming up to the time, just want to make sure, you know, mm-hmm. um, so it's just funny um, just seeing the growth in terms of that. But that's how my first consultation slash discovery call went. <laughs> and that was, was that your first uh, sale too? Yeah, that was, that nice. was my first sale. <laughs> that's exciting that how it's like sale. someone you didn't know and you just like yeah. wake up and you're like, woo. <laughs> yeah no I was I was very excited um I embraced it I took a screenshot um and I think I like, sent it to my boyfriend I was like oh my god like someone bought like tell my mom you know I was just like yeah <laughs> <laughs> I can do this <laughs> I don't know how yet I'm like yeah that's awesome so I was really really excited when that first happened what were you doing at that time to market yourself that got you that client like how did she book you was it through your website or um, no, so funny enough, I don't have a website even now yet. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so I I tend to have a few landing pages, but I didn't have any of that back then. I tend mm-hmm. to have a few landing pages from my um, the email um, platform that I use. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and I guess for me, I just, when I first started, I started with very little money to invest. So I didn't have money to invest like, into subscriptions or any of that yet. Um, and I guess it's also for anyone that's listening, like, yes, you'll get a lot of people that will say that you need this, but you know, sometimes you can just start and figure things out as you go. Like, I don't yeah. think you like, absolutely need a website as you're getting yeah, started. It's you good don't. to have one, you yeah. know? You don't um, need one. <laughs> yeah, but all I was doing then was, so I would have shared it on my personal pages. So on my personal Instagram, my personal Facebook, my personal LinkedIn. Um, I would have shared, you know, that I was starting a business and people shared it for me as well. But the only thing that I was doing at that time was um, Instagram. Okay. Um, just Instagram. And it's funny because, um, so I, I really like lives, <laughs> um, like Instagram lives. And funny enough, when I launched the discount um, on the consultations, it was the night that I did a live, like introducing the growth studio and the story behind it. So the story that I shared with you in terms of being laid off and all of that, I share mm-hmm. that story there and just pretty much like my experience in the corporate world and how I now want to transition it to work with XYC. And I think it was probably through that live that she, she watched that she decided to invest, nice. right? And, and I say that too, because there are a lot of people who tend to be scared to do IG lives, right? Yeah especially if you're coming on as a service-based entrepreneur who's offering a service, who's doing consultations, who's doing coaching. Lives are such an easy way for people to see how you speak, you know, to see that you're actually knowledgeable about what you're talking about and to really connect with you, even if they're not talking to you, that they can almost picture themselves having a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I find like whenever I do lives, that's really what, 
helps me to build more community with people more than anything else for me you know for people it's different some people might might do reels and stuff um but for me ig lives really do help me to help my community and also just for more people to find me because they love it so much they just end up sharing it with their friends or like on their yeah. story um so if you don't have ig lives in your marketing strategy for instagram i highly recommend giving those a try <laughs> Uh, I'll totally like echo that IG lives are amazing for growing your community. And the first time I was doing IG lives consistently, I also got, uh, it wasn't a sale, but it ended up being um, like a call with someone I didn't know. And at that point I was working with either like friends or people I used to work with or like a friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. But when I started going live was when I would get inquiries from like people I didn't even know. And I was like, what? what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It definitely, it really does help. Yeah, it does. It really does. Yeah. Um, so is there anything else for, in terms of marketing, since mm-hmm. <laughs> marketing is your expertise and like, I don't really feel like we've shared anything on marketing, <laughs> which is, which is fine. Like we've shared a lot of Nice juicy gems. Yeah, we're (laughs) multidimensional beings. (laughs) So if someone listening heard you say that you have to be on IG lives, but they feel like they're not ready for it yet, or like they don't, maybe they don't have a following on Instagram yet. Maybe they haven't even started an Instagram page. Mm -hmm. Are there other like things you would recommend in terms of marketing? Yeah. Um, so I guess for anyone who's like now starting a business or who's in the very beginning stage and they are not very familiar with marketing and everything that goes into it, I normally like recommend five things even before they start to think about platforms or five things that they should be thinking about as they're going onto the platforms. So for me, the first thing that I always try to tell clients to do um, or try to encourage to talk to them about is setting marketing goals. I find that a lot of people just go into entrepreneurship and having their businesses and they have their, you know, they might have their revenue goals, but a lot of people don't know what their marketing goals are. So they don't know, they might tell me, oh, well, I want to, you know, raise my brand awareness. And I would say, okay, well, like, what what does that mean? Right? Mm -hmm. Because that could be a lot of different things. Like, is it that you want 2000 followers in the next three months? You know, is it that you want to be speaking at events? and educating people, right? Like, what does that mean? Is it that you have a website and you want to have 500 people actually be on your website every month? Um, mm-hmm. So I think that at the very beginning, before like you really do anything, you have to get um, comfortable. You have to set some marketing goals for yourself. So I think that's like where always I put a start, like be clear on what you want. Because if you're not clear on what you want, then it's going to be very hard for you to actually start doing things and working towards that because you're just working without like a goal in mind yeah Um, so that's the first thing I always say yeah and then the second thing that I always tell people to do so it's five things the second thing I always tell people to do is to do market research so when people hear market research they're like oh what a drag (laughs) (laughs) like that sounds so complicated that sounds so boring or expensive um, or expensive you know and the thing is like what people don't realize that they can do their own market research for now if they need to and it can be free like absolutely free you know and like people always think when I say market research I only mean like researching the general public but 
you know, first of all, you should start with competitor market research, right? Mm. Instead of actually knowing what are people selling the same product or service that you're looking to sell in your industry, mm -hmm. right? Who are some people that you want to use as inspiration that you want to get to their level, you know? Mm -hmm. And like really being curious, like research is really, it really just being curious, you know? Like, mm -hmm. do they have a website? Do they have an Instagram? How many followers do they have? What type of engagement do they get? Like mm -hmm. you should be studying all of the people who you're competing with, you know, so that you can really put yourself in that market. And then apart from that, like, in terms of getting research of, you know, whether you have the right pricing or, you know, asking people what they think about your product. Like people forget that we all have at least one family member or at least one friend, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like start there, you know, even if you do like a very quick questionnaire, if it's a friend and you just want to ask them some questions at lunch and you take notes, like ask them a question, get curious, like which Instagram, I'm sorry, not Instagram, which social media platform do they rather be on, right? Mm -hmm. How yeah. much do they spend on XYZ product? You know, what type of content do they like to see? Like, how old are they? Like, whatever the whatever it is that you need to find out to be able to help to make your offer or your service better, it starts with research, you know? And then if you already have an Instagram, like use your Instagram stories, you already have polls. You can literally ask a question in each slide and have people answer, mm -hmm. you know? So like people forget they can use these type of tools to really get the research. I think it also comes down to actually making a note <laughs> of what people are saying. Yeah, you yeah. Know? put it all um, in one document somewhere. Yeah, just put it on in one document and really look at it and say, okay, well, most of people that I'm talking to tend to be on TikTok. So maybe Instagram is not the right platform for me. And maybe I should be building my following on TikTok, right? Mm -hmm. um, you won't know until you ask a question. And gotcha. so that's the second thing. And the third thing I would say is getting clear on your target audience. And this is something I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, I would say majority of entrepreneurs struggle with this. I struggle with this too, even Same. as a marketeer. Yeah, you know, like when you first <laughs> when you first start, because you're like, I don't know. Like, I don't know, you know, when I first started. Everybody, <laughs> I want exactly. to sell to everyone. <laughs> when I first started, I was like, I'm going to help all small businesses, all entrepreneurs. And, you know, like, what does that mean? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so really getting clear on like who your ideal client is, who you actually want to sell to, um, you know, and if it is that you have an, like a product and you have different products, it's okay to have different buyer personas, right? Mm -hmm. So like product A might only be to women 25 to 34 who XYZ and whatever details they have, but you might have product B that's for men. And people don't realize that it's okay to kind of categorize that because mm -hmm. it really plays into when you're actually doing your marketing, when you're actually talking to people, the more people, the, um, the more clear you are, the easier it's going to be for your message to reach them. Yeah. And then for number four, I feel like I'm giving a mouthful, but I'm just trying to be able to like, you know, people <laughs> are listening to it so that they really know what they have to look for. Um, number four is like brand development. And I think you can speak to this as well. Um, and obviously brand development, not just like, you know, a logo or colors, but also knowing what type of tone you want your messaging to have mm -hmm. and what type of personality you want your brand to have. You know, are you someone who's going to be super formal? Are you someone who's going to be cheeky? You know, mm -hmm. um, I, sorry, I thought I was frozen. Yeah, um, you were frozen. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I hope it doesn't disconnect. <laughs> 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 um so definitely like brand development and then the last thing that I always say is you can't measure what you don't track mm. right so mm. having metrics 
So yeah. for the same goals that you have, you need to have metrics, right? So yeah. are you going to be measuring your reach on Instagram? Are you going to be measuring your comments? Are you going to be measuring your DMs, right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be measuring your consultation sales? Like there needs to be systems in place and metrics in place so that you actually know whether your marketing is working for you. Yeah. Because you might get into the, you know, everyone gets excited going on Canva and doing all of the graphics, especially if they don't have, you know, any experience doing graphics before. They're like, yeah, it's exciting, yeah. you know, but it's like, is that serving you? And is that actually helping you to reach your goals? Or are you just yeah. wasting time? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people spend a lot of time on like the visual parts, even with branding, how you mentioned branding, like I used to do brand strategy. That's what I used to help Mm -hmm. business owners with. And I did that because I just saw how people would have a logo, colors, Mm -hmm. fonts, the business name and nothing else. And I'm like, okay, but that you don't have a brand then. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like you're supposed to know all the things about the brand and then make a logo and colors and all exactly but people just get so excited they're like I'm yeah. it is it is exciting and I definitely did that too because I come from a design background and like mm-hmm. that's just my favorite part like sitting mm-hmm. down and I I use photoshop and stuff I kind of have a love-hate relationship with Canva <laughs> um, I, I think all designers do <laughs> yeah yeah because before Canva came out I was doing more like graphic design work and when canva came out i was like oh i can't be doing this because i'm going to be made irrelevant so i need Mm -hmm. to like pivot but uh yeah when when you love art and you love design and you love like creating as an entrepreneur and if that's not what you offer as a service then doing that for your business can be very exciting and can sometimes be a place where like you waste a lot of time yeah and um the something that I think about sometimes that I'm like, oh, it's going to be so hard in the future when I'm outsourcing this, like my, all my graphic work, which I love to do. Like it's going to be so hard to hand it over, but I, but I know that's going to have to happen in order to get the growth that I want. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So you can focus on the important things and the growing growing aspects of everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then um, speaking of that too, with time management, have you have you ever outsourced anything in your business? Are there any like lessons you learned from that, or how, are you like approaching that? So I haven't outsourced. I'm like trying to think if I have. No, I haven't outsourced anything mm-hmm. yet. Um, no. So everything, everything so far, I'm pretty much doing on my own, which is it's tough, you know. Yeah. Um, I think especially for. Yeah, it's a lot. And some some things like I absolutely despise, um, yeah. like you know, the financial aspect of it and, you know, keeping all of that organized and making sure I have like doing all the invoices and stuff. I mean, I have a system now, but that's my least favorite part. I think is probably what I'm going to look to outsource first. Mm-hmm. Um, and the content to do with my bookkeeping, maybe like at the end of every month or every two months or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I haven't yet, but I have definitely started thinking about what's going to be the first hire or the first two hires that I'll need to do that will actually help me the most. Yeah. Um, so that even though I know I said one of my first hires will probably be accounting, even though I want that to be one of my very first hires, it might not be what's going to better serve me as opposed to like a virtual assistant. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 So yeah. What about you? Have you, have you outsourced yet? 
I've outsourced a few projects. Like um, I have a friend from high school actually who does copywriting. Oh, nice. And um, I was outsourcing my newsletter to her. Okay. And I worked with her for three months. And um, it's funny because in Boss Babe, we had a, we have sometimes these coaching calls where we can ask a question and I was picked and I asked Danielle a question about, I think our topic was on outsourcing and it was on like just entrepreneurship and outsourcing. And I was sharing with her that I was outsourcing a project to someone and I loved her work and wanted to keep working with her, but I knew I had to like let her go because I was paying her more than I was actually making. It was like a little bit more than what I was making in my business. Mm-hmm. So my question to her was like, how do you budget for outsourcing? And <laughs> her response, uh, I didn't realize that it was something that is like difficult to take because on the call was fine. But like after she was DMing me on Instagram and telling me how mm-hmm. I took it well, basically what she told me, <laughs> her response was, we are not in the business to run our business as hobbies. And um, in that mm-hmm. call, like, in, in the call from, I don't remember exactly what she said, but my realization there was like, when I outsourced that project that was taking a lot of my time, I kind of just like relaxed and I wasn't strategic with like, all right, I outsourced to this person. So I saved myself like four hours and this is what I'm going to do with that four hours right. that I saved. Right. I, di- I didn't do that. And that's like a huge lesson that I learned from outsourcing and, um, that I feel like that's the only way you can get your return on investment in outsourcing is if you're really strategic with like, all right, because I outsource this and I have these extra four hours, this big important thing is what I'm going to do with my four hours. But instead Mm -hmm. I just like relaxed. (laughs) I'm like, all right, like she's handled it. I'm just going to like, I did stuff, but I wasn't strategic with my time. And like Danielle really made me realize that like, if you're not if you're not selling, if you're not having conversations with people in DMs or doing something to get leads or like doing something to move the needle forward to get a sale today or tomorrow or sometime in the near future, then what are you doing? You're not actually running a business. <laughs> makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, really yeah. And, and before she, before she answered that, I was kind of in a space of like, there's so many things to do as an entrepreneur. And I didn't really know what was the most important. And like with her telling me that I was like, okay, so really I could, like, I hate my bookkeeping too. I do my bookkeeping like once every three months or something. Mm -hmm. And um, I like really just wrote down everything I do as an entrepreneur. And then I'm like, all right, but the most important is making sales. So like Mm -hmm. what, what things can I put on pause for now or like do once every month or once every few months because they're actually not as important right now. Yeah, that was a really good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm like mentally taking notes because I actually stopped um, a project management job last month or not last month, last week was my last week. And that was taken roughly, I would say, maybe like 10 hours a week, 10 to 15 hours a week, 10 to 20 hours, depending on, on the week. Um, and I was, I was just exhausted. And I just found that I could just be using that time, you know, into the growth studio. And 
you know, it's funny because like I think about it because Wednesday and Thursday will be my first two days I will have free because normally I would dedicate those two days to it. And I'm like, okay, I have two full days. So like, you know, what's going to be the main thing that I need to focus on? It's, it's really good that you mentioned that because I was thinking too of um, like using one of those days to catch up on my bookkeeping. You know, <laughs> after this conversation, it's like, ah, that's really not that important right now. Like we're not at the end of the year. We're not near yeah. like tax season or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really good point. Yeah, I do it once every three months. And every time I, oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Every time I sit down with it too, I'm like, oh, this wasn't so bad. Like that was quick. If there's someone who wants to be successful at this whole entrepreneur thing, what would you say is the most like important personality trait or strength that if they have, that they would be successful? Yeah, Um, I think someone would do like, I'm going to join two together. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and I would say being perseverant with a beginner's mind. Mm. Um, I think perseverance because the first thing you try is not always going to work. Yeah. Um, the second thing you try, third, fourth, fifth thing might not work either. And it's very easy to get demotivated when those things happen. Like, oh, like yeah. this is not no but this is not happening like you know it's very easy to get into that mindset but I think with being perseverant that will really help to push you and realize you know what that's okay that was another no that's taking me closer to another yes and thanks for that lesson and you know kind of just moving forward so I really think perseverance um and also especially too like with marketing as well um being perseverant with marketing because Sometimes you might apply strategies that work for businesses really well, but it might just not work for the type of business, type of industry and the location that you're in. So you have to be perseverant too with your marketing until you actually find what works best for you because it's not really a one size fit all. There are a lot of strategies that we can apply that we can tweak and it will work more often than not. But at the end of the day, it's still not a one size fit all. Um, And the reason why I said with a beginner's mind is because I think... (laughs) I think entrepreneurship does a really good job at humbling you. <laughs> yes, it really does. It does. No matter how many years experience you have in XYC, no matter how successful you were in other things before, entrepreneurship has a way of being, because the thing is like, you're really starting from scratch, right? You're yeah. starting from the very beginning. Uh, it's a very humbling place to be in, um, you know, especially like when you experience like, low sales months you know what I mean like there's some yeah. months they're really excited for my brother and there's some months that I've just had to be like can you <laughs> just pay all the bills and like, like this month? <laughs> you know and um you know it's, it's humbling because I've never had to do that before you know mm-hmm. yeah. um but you know being with a beginner's mind is kind of like it's okay you know I'm still in my first year I'm still learning I'm still trying to apply everything that I'm learning um, so let me continue to be perseverant. So that's why I kind of wanted to join those two together because I think that's really something that's key. Like yeah. you don't need to be the smartest person in the room to be successful. Like you just need to be perseverant and have a starter's mind because then you'll be a sponge to everything that you're around you to be able to actually take in all the information, learn all the lessons. And that's really what I think that you need to be successful. Yeah. Because if you don't do that, you're closed off to learning lessons. Yep, exactly. And then you like self-sabotage your own success. Yep. And we don't want that. (laughs) Yeah. 
I love that you you gave this really nice reminder of like it's okay it's my first year and mm-hmm. like it's really important to have patience and yes that's what I say to myself when I get into this oh I gotta do that I gotta post I gotta mm-hmm. do that like it's it's a good reminder to just be like it's all right yeah it's gonna come to you and doesn't need to like honestly if you had 30 clients right now like just book with you on your website would that actually be great or yeah like are you ready do you have yeah 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 I agree and the thing is to like so it's gonna sound like it's not relevant but I promise it is do you have any like house plants or do you do any gardening uh I do have house plants yeah okay have you had them like them right now (laughs) (laughs) have you had them from like when they were young uh yeah the one on top of my bookshelf was like this small when I caught it and I was like right and that probably took months right for it yeah yeah so I think like something that very slow yes very slow growth but like it's so beautiful and healthy growth you know Mm, and I mm -hmm. think something that um has helped me with patience um so beginning of this year I decided I was going to become a plant mom. <laughs> I just Aww. decided I wanted like more greenery around me, like inside my house. So I got my first plant this year and I also started growing a garden, um, like in my backyard, like with some, you know, lettuce and tomatoes and stuff. Nice. And I remember the very first week that I started growing the garden in particular, like I planted some seedlings. So I didn't do it from seeds, I did it from seedlings. And after the first week of like watering twice a day, taking out the weeds whenever I see them like you gotta put it in work you know yeah I remember standing there and I was like you haven't grown one bit <laughs> and I have come here twice a day for the past seven days I watered you like I was mad you know I was like mad that <laughs> I was trying to grow I was like you're not growing you know and I um I kind of had to like take myself back and be like okay you know things don't happen overnight like you have to water it you have to remove the weeds right and you know the weeds could be like the bad habits that you know you mm, have in life, yeah, right yeah spending too much time watching netflix instead of like doing this or like you know not having a plan or whatever bad habits you have all of us have bad habits you know yeah. it's, it's a matter of recognizing them and taking them away because just like taking off weeds from a garden if you don't take away all the bad stuff it's going to stop it from growing how it's supposed to right yeah and watering it at the same time so that I like to think of marketing um as watering a garden because if you don't water a garden it's gonna die right it's gonna grow and even though you're watering twice a day every day it you know it feels like you're doing a lot every day and you're not seeing the result until like weeks months after it's the same thing sometimes with marketing right you have to you know just pretty much tend to the soil and tend to the garden and know that as you put in a little bit every day, eventually it's going to bloom. Pound. You know? yeah. Exactly. Just like anyone in here who might have some house plants, you have to water your house plants. If not, they're going to die. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You might mm-hmm. have to put them into a bigger pot. If not, it's going to outgrow the pot that it's in. Um, so it's, it's the same thing when you're growing a business. And I think if you're a new entrepreneur listening and you don't have a house plant, I challenge you to get a house plant. Yeah. Um, Cause I think that's one of the easiest ways to learn patience. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I really, really do. I love that you mentioned that. Cause there's a park in my neighborhood that I go to 
And sometimes I just like lay on the grass and look up at the tree branches. And I always have this like thought of like, wow, nature, like when there's a huge tree with a thick trunk, like it's been there for maybe like a hundred years or something. Yeah. And you just see how like nature gets everything done, but very slowly, very patiently. They're not rushing. Everything gets done, but it, but it doesn't happen all at once. And, um, that's what I try to like, that's like the energy I try to bring into my life. Like everything's going to get done. Just breathe in, breathe out. (laughs) I agree. I agree. It doesn't need to be a rush. Um, (laughs) if you could go back to 10 years ago, before this whole journey, before COVID, <laughs> before COVID, <laughs> and and give yourself some advice. What would you tell yourself? Um. So, I think that I would tell myself, and it's funny. Just I think, just seeing how much. Um. Because I'm, I'm a bit of a personal development junkie, so like I like to read the books, I like the podcast. Like I'm just a nerd as well. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. So I think also like what's beautiful too about entrepreneurship is that it's a bit of like personal development on steroids right yeah because you have to learn like every day to be able to grow and I think just kind of knowing that and like going through the process for the past couple of months since I started I would probably tell myself 10 years ago like so that would be like my, my 17 year old self I would probably tell her like don't be scared of starting your entrepreneurship journey early even if it is that you started small on the side while you're working, right? Yeah. Because like, and you know, it's it's not not about having regrets or anything in life, but sometimes I sit down and I think and I say, wow, you know, like if I had started something, whatever it was, like on the side in college or on the side when I first started my job, like just like the knowledge that I would have now is just so crazy to think about, right? Yeah. That I would have probably done this full-time way before I had to you know yeah, yeah um but everything happens in its timing you know and I and I still think that um this is how it was meant to be but if I could give myself that advice I would probably like plant that seed <laughs> you know yeah, that's a good um, one yeah because that, that's that's probably what I um and also you know obviously as we spoke we already knew we wanted to have like you know our businesses sometime and I had already had my whole like lollipop experience you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so that's definitely what I think I would tell myself because at 17 that would have been very far off from when I finished that lollipop thing you know yeah and I think that I forgot I forgot the feeling of selling something and like seeing the demand of people coming to you oh I want that I want that I want yeah. that and like really being able to impact you know and there's mm-hmm. like you know, but then too, at least in my school, because we still wear uniforms here until we're 18 if you're in a, in a school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, you know, a little bit more, I guess, formal compared to like other North American countries. <laughs> but we were not supposed to eat gum or anything like that in school. So I was kind of like selling something to like make people cool, right? Like, oh, you want to be cool in class? <laughs> be a rebel. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, so just so funny looking back, but that's definitely what I would, what I would tell myself if I could from 10 years ago. Also at that age around 17, I feel like, at least for me personally, that's like the time in life where you kind of like forget who you are a little bit, or like you forget things that you knew 
from childhood because I think I think children are very wise and yeah most of them are not very intuitive very wise and and most children aren't given that like respect I guess that they Mm -hmm. have wisdom like uh, not all adults but some adults think like oh I'm older than you I know more but when you're like 17 even like 15 16 17 that's a very confusing time like so many mm-hmm. things are changing so yeah, having that advice mm-hmm. so having that advice at that age of like don't be afraid to start I think hearing that from your older self or any like authority figure that you respect mm-hmm. would be life-changing yeah I think so too <laughs> <laughs> what is one tool that you'll always have with you no matter what project you're working on, whether it's life or entrepreneurship, and it doesn't right. have to be a physical item. Okay. Um, I'd probably say mindset. Does that count as a tool? Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> um, I'd probably say mindset. And I think obviously we would have met also mainly because we invested on the course mm-hmm. and this was like hammered into us as well. Yeah. Um, but I think even before, like, I always knew how important, obviously, you know, we talked about meditation, especially during COVID. So we mm-hmm. always kind of have, you know, like a, a feeling that, okay, well, having our mind right is important, you know, and yeah. I, um, I kind of went on this journey to, I think, maybe like 2017, when I moved back from the States to Barbados, I kind of went on this journey, just pretty much just trying to um, unpack things. So like, I would have started therapy and stuff like that. And I think, just mindset overall and because mindset is a big bucket right a big tool that you need to have um but I think mindset because no matter what you're doing in life if your mindset is strong if you're constantly feeding it whether it's through meditation you know whether it's through therapy whether it's through reading books every day whether it's through positive affirmations whatever it is that you have to do for yourself I think once it's strong and you're feeding it every day there is literally nothing that you can't do yeah I agree you with know? you. Um, so I think that is the one thing that I just, you know, hope to get better and, you know, strengthen in every day and just be able to take with me wherever life takes me. I love that. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for asking. That's a really, really good question. <laughs> uh, where can listeners find you online and learn more about what you're offering to the world? Yeah, so I mainly hang out on Instagram. That's like my main thing right now. And they can find me there at the Growth Studio BB. Again, that's the Growth Studio BB. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me Joycelyn Aline. I'm sure we'll have my name in um in the show notes so you can easily yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Um so Joycelyn Aline or Joycelyn A Aline on Facebook, but just go straight to Instagram if you have one. <laughs> that's the easiest way to connect with me just send me a dm let me know that you listen to the podcast and let me know what your favorite takeaway was and i would love to connect with you all from there (laughs) this was so fun we shared a lot of gems i love like i love the direction we took with like mindset and childhood this was a fun conversation yeah no it was Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Openly Spoken. If you enjoy this episode, please leave us a review. And if you want a chance to have a shout out in a future episode, screenshot your review before you send it into the internet abyss and send it over to me on Instagram at Openly Spoken. My DMs are also open there for any questions or requests. I really want to make sure this podcast supports you in your journey of entrepreneurship. So my ears and eyes are open for what you need and want to hear here. 
I also highly recommend giving Joycelyn a follow over on Instagram. Her handle is at growthstudiobb. I'll leave a link in the show notes for you. Over there on Instagram, she shares so much value and she has incredible guests on her IGTV live series called The Ultimate Growth Series. I was one of them, so go ahead and check that out. Thank you again for tuning in. Stay well, have a safe Halloween, and I will see you next week. Thank you.